Kicking and Streaming Podcast is brought to you by Cafe 1804. Premium Haitian coffee now available online at cafe1804.com. That's cafe, K-A-F-E, 1804.com. Right, so we are going to go ahead and get on going. Jojo, today is beautiful, by the way. Like, I don't know. It is. I don't know what everybody be talking about, but yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's nice. It's, yeah. I've definitely seen worse and, and experienced worse. So We are going to have some hell of a few hot days, by the way. Uh, yeah, I have heard. To the people. Uh, the people, yeah. the people what knows. Yeah, I mean, but well, hey, what are we going to do? Uh, we should probably go ahead and get started, right? Because, you that's, know, that's probably it, good it's idea. Saturday and stuff, you know, people be doing their thing, whatever that yeah. means, you know what I'm saying? So, should we do the, the video start or, or what What do you reckon, Jojo? Let's, let's do. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do the video start, right? Yeah, okay. let's do it. So, we're going to do the video start. And it goes like this. This is Kicking and Streaming Podcast, a binge watcher's guide to streaming movies, TV series, and stuff. Here are your hosts, Graham and Jocelyn. Yeah. Hello, everyone. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Kicking and Streaming Podcast. My name is Graham, and as you heard it before, yeah, no, uh, you heard it before. My name is Graham, and with me today is, of course, the absolutely fantastic, marvelous, magical, and all kinds of all Jojo. Jojo, how you been, Jojo? I've been good, Graham. How about you? Hey, I'm uh, plugging along, plugging along. <laughs> As my very good friend Jojo says, plugging along. Just plugging along. That's all, that's all we can do. That's all we're going to do. Um, we've been having fun, at least in the month of May, in what we're watching and all of the content that we anticipated were coming because, as you know, we have started, which, which was the plan from the very beginning. At the end of the month, we would always bring you what we are expecting to watch the month coming. And so there were a lot of the shows that we talked about that we were excited about, that we, we, we anticipated, that we're expecting to to make a splash. And some of them have, and some of them haven't. <laughs> True. And, True. Uh, today we are, like, I was, I remember how we anticipated watching this one, The yes. Woman in the Window. Yes. And we are going to talk about it because it finally came out and it turns out that I, I don't understand what I saw. <laughs> <laughs> My hope, Jojo, is that you are going to be able to help me out to figure this one out. Because seriously, I not that I don't understand it because it was a fairly predictable movie, wasn't it? Yes, very much so. <laughs> It's just that I don't understand what's the point of writing a book if that's what the book goes about. What's the point of making it into a movie? I'm I'm absolutely baffled that the book itself was a bestseller. And from what I've read, the book, the movie didn't deviate too much from the book. So if the movie is crappy, then the book is crappy. But maybe <laughs> that's me. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> no. No. 
So, Juju, tell me, what did you think about this movie? Let's go ahead. Let's go right on away. I, I, I didn't really enjoy the movie very much. I'm not going to say I was offended by it or anything like that. I just really was disappointed. I felt like they had a really good cast that they wasted. And it was mediocre at best. Yeah. It was it's just kind of there. I feel like they pulled a lot of I'm not even gonna say inspiration. I'm just gonna say ideas stolen from Hitchcock <laughs> <laughs> and, and and other movies that have made history. So I I just am kinda like, uh, you know, if you if you wanna see a good version of this movie, watch Rear Window. That's what I'm gonna tell everybody. Watch just who? watch Rear Window. Oh, right, right. Yeah. But also, I've read a lot about the author of the book and how he's, like, basically conjured an entire series of books, uh, you know, something, something, the cabin, and the girl in the something, something. And, uh, you know, the dude apparently knows that he's a crappy author and created an entire backstory of cancer and all kind of shit to get himself, you know, to get publishing executives to sort of like look at him. As a matter of fact, there is a movie about him in the works. I think Jake, Jake Gyllenhaal is going to be the one to portray him. I mean, there's a whole story behind it, like seriously. But here's what we're going to do, Jojo. We're going to give you the floor. And if you would, <laughs> please tell folks what this book, uh, what this movie is about. And uh, we'll take it from there and shit all over it. Any? <laughs> so this movie is about a woman who suffers from agoraphobia, which has been brought on by an event that happened in her life that is not revealed immediately. She suffers from PTSD. And she has a extreme case of agoraphobia in that she can she cannot step outside whatsoever. Like she literally cannot leave her house. And she drinks a lot and she takes a lot of medication sporadically, doesn't take it really like she's supposed to sporadically. And uh, she kind of has hallucinations and things like that. So maybe not your most reliable storyteller to start with, your narrative giver. And so she kind of spies on her neighbors as a hobby, and she ends up becoming friends with one of them through a series of events. And through another series of events, she witnesses what she believes is that woman's murder, and then subsequently is told she's crazy by anyone who becomes involved because that woman actually never existed. So it's sort of her trying to find out if she really is crazy and if she did imagine this woman or if there was a woman, it's more of a conspiracy and this woman actually did exist and she did witness her murder, coupled with sort of her coming to grips with what happened to her to cause her agoraphobia. So, okay. So we see here agoraphobia based on PTSD. And then we see, but, but here's, here's the thing. Throughout the entire movie, I was trying to figure out, is this a case of agoraphobia? Or is this necessary? Like, for me, this lady was just a peeping Tom 
who preferred to stay in and watch out. Sure. As opposed to, you know, I seriously have this crippling issue. So, yes. So let's talk about the story, right? You said at some point, because that woman never existed, and I hear I'm, I'm confused, because was she there and was never there, or was she indeed there and got killed? So in the book and and I believe in the movie, she actually did exist and and was was murdered. And it was truly all a, a cover up on the part of her husband and everyone else to to keep that from from knowing. But our 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 storyteller in the in the voice of Amy Adams is not she's not a particularly reliable narrator because she has the blackouts and the medication and the pills and that kind of thing. So there's always the doubt in your mind: is this person really real or are they not really real? Because she's not sure herself. That's the way it's presented in the book. In the did you read the book? I did read the book. I did read the book. And and how did you like the book? I, <laughs> I'm I'm not going to say it was. I didn't feel like it had completely wasted my time, but at the same time, I felt like there was a lot of reused, rehashed stuff that I've read in other books that has probably been done a little better. And I also am not sure how accurate the portrayal of agoraphobia is or was in the book or in the movie. I don't really, I, I don't know how empathetic, sympathetic understanding it was. If Does that make sense? Yes, yes. I, uh, I've not particularly come personally, uh, I've not come across a case of agoraphobia. Although uh, lately, it seems to me that people tend to refer to a lot of phobia as if it were something quirky and cute. Yes. You know, like, so yes. you and I, we, we've worked in the world of, of uh, diagnostic imaging and a lot of people refer to themselves as, I'm hugely claustrophobic. I'm hugely claustrophobic. And sometimes it almost sounds like they're just trying to get a couple of pills, get high and get in the machine and, and, and yeah. not having to even think that they're because like seriously, uh, it, it's not it's not that terrible. Like if you are actually able to withstand an MRI, whether you're high or not, you're not necessarily uh, claustrophobic. And and it's yeah. it's also like the same thing with people who wash their hands not necessarily more than everybody else tend to. Just to to sound quirky, like "Oh yeah, I'm a germaphobe," you yes. know. Maybe you're yes. an asshole, and like I'm, I'm not. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, and you know, the same issue I think with with people with OCD is oh, I I, I have to straighten pictures, so I'm OCD. Yeah. It's people who actually are have OCD are like, no, <laughs> no, that's just not that's not what that means. <laughs> you, yeah, you just being like it's it's incredible. Like for instance. I have a thing with timing, right? I have a thing with time. Like, I feel like my entire world is crashing down. If I am late to something, if I start something late, or if I cause anybody's schedule to be thrown off. Like, 
that drives me crazy. Is that some sort of obsessive compulsiveness? I don't know. It could just be that I'm an asshole with time. That is as simple as that. And I think, I, well, I'm from the Caribbean. We're never on time. <laughs> you tell Haitians you're going to start a party at 6 p.m. They show up at 8. And if you're mad at them, they'll be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You know, so, so really, I, I don't think it's, it's something that I obsess with, except that I learned during my days working in resorts and planning and scheduling things for European guests that although these motherfuckers are on vacation, they expect stuff to start on time. You know, like if the buffet opens at 12.30, you open at 12.35, and you got a couple of Germans looking at giving you the side eyes. <laughs> if you're having a bicycle tour or a snorkeling tour or, I don't know, a, a, a aerobic session that is starting at some point, it has to start on time. And... As, as a person from the Caribbean, I used to ask myself, these people are on vacation. Why the hell are they worried about time? Like, it happens when it happens. And sadly, I started to realize, oh, yeah, they're really serious about their time shit because at the end of the week, when they have to fill out guest comments, uh, they will basically ding you on everything because everything you did started late. And so <laughs> I then somehow caught this bug of being obsessive with, with, with time. That doesn't make me an obsessive compulsive. And in the same vein, somebody who actually enjoys being a couch potato is not agoraphobic. So shut the fuck up. Go ahead and judge her. No, I, I was just going to make a silly comment that said it kind of sounds like the German culture is catching. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not so much OCD, just that the German culture is catching. Yeah, there's a, there's a say that says when the band plays, the Germans march. <laughs> you know? And so, yeah, it, it, you, you, get, you get used to to doing things a certain way, but that doesn't make you that it's not a phobia or is some kind of disorder. So, so if you look in general, and this is a huge deviation from, from what we're talking about, but if you look in general at the character that Amy Adams portrayed, is this somebody who is genuinely agoraphobic or is this a deeply depressed, guilt-filled individual who is sort of punishing herself by staying in and unable, I believe, to commit suicide and rather slowly killing herself with pills and alcohol? I, I, I pose that question to you, George. Yeah, I, um, that's the question I have myself because I, I, I don't know enough about agoraphobia to be able to speak to that with, with any sort of, you know, even fake, uh, <laughs> uh, authority. So I, I, I don't know. And I would like to hear from someone who does suffer from the disease 
to say this was completely wrong, this was very insensitive, this was an inaccurate betrayal. I don't know if agoria brought on by PTSD is its own sort of animal. I, I don't know that it exists, and I'm not discounting that experience whatsoever. I'm just admitting to my ignorance. I have no idea if that is actually something that is in the diagnosis code book as something that can happen. So as far as this being any rooted in any sort of reality as it actually being a real phobia, I, I really don't know. And there is so much stigma, stigma and so many issues with trying to get awareness to mental health. I would hate for a movie to be portraying and just propagating false things, um, which we get enough of. So, um, I, I don't know. I'd like to hear from someone who suffers or has suffered from the disease and, and if any of this is, is accurate at all. Right. So let's talk about Amy Adams. To me, this is the second movie in a row that Amy Adams has gotten a strike with. And not necessarily because it's her fault. I have to say that. I know that you and I, we weren't big fans of Hillbilly Elegy. And Amy Adams is, is a fantastic actress. We, we're happy to say that all the time. But I, I think that's the second character in a row that she's playing of somebody with some sort of mental health issue. And for some reason, there's a bit of a tone deafness in the sense that, that the portrayal comes about. And I'm not judging Amy Adams in that respect. But Tracy Lett, who is the guy who plays the psychiatrist that the character sees every week, he's the one who adapted the screenplay. But according to the reading I've done, there's not been, again, there's not a huge difference between the book and the screenplay. So the portrayal that we see here the story that is told, although in the voice of the main character, Dr. Fox, is that, in your view, the author's understanding of what mental illness looks like? From having read the book, it is certainly, her character is certainly someone who is punishing herself for what happened. And is, as you said, slowly trying to commit suicide by pills and alcohol. And also with a great resistance to help, takes her pills, takes the medication very erratically, very in a way that will make you worse as opposed to better. And mixing it with a, a great deal of alcohol, which typically with antidepressants or any sort of medication like that, you know, you've got your uppers and your downers and mixing all of that is, is, is never a good thing, not in large quantities. And so she is certainly in the book, a very self-destructive person. And as through the book, she is the narrator. She's the one telling the story. There is the constant question in the book of, is she telling us the truth or is this the pills or the wine or the, you know, is, is something else talking as opposed to an actual rational thought process? I'm not really sure. 
I feel like the book maybe portrayed that a little quote unquote better, or maybe a little more sympathetically in the sense of her being very self-destructive. I didn't get as light of touch of that with the movie. And again, nothing against Amy Adams or anything like that. I just feel like they were focusing so hard on the thriller aspect of this movie. I don't know that the mental health aspects became a priority for them at all. But let me ask you this, Joe. Did they actually accomplish that? Because most of articles I've read about this movie is, is that everyone thought it was a trashy attempt at at creating a thriller. Yeah. And so it was neither here nor there. Yeah. It's, it's good. They kind of like, they, they sacrificed everything for nothing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is huge because here's your, and the other thing is, this is to a certain extent, a star studded movie. It very much is. It very I mean, much is. People started popping up and I'm like, whoa, hold on. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. And then, and then, this is a perfect nothing burger, if you will, of a movie. Like I, I've never seen any. That's what I'm saying. Like, what the hell did I just watch? Yeah. Because I should not be able to predict the end of a movie after the first two scenes. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Otherwise, what's the fucking point? <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. And and certainly, I mean, okay, if it's a documentary and you know that we'll know what's going to happen, sure. Okay, yes. But if it's supposed to be a quote-unquote thriller and it's supposed to keep us on the edge of our seats and, and guessing and all that silliness, then no, that's not what this – it didn't accomplish that. And I, I don't really feel like it accomplished anything and was a total waste of the cast, as you said. It was an absolute bloody waste. And, and as you said, Georgia, to your point, like, okay, if you write a movie about Abraham Lincoln, Right. Spoiler alert, that nigga <laughs> dies. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So so this is not a secret, is it? <laughs> but if you're writing a thriller, if if this is sort of like a whodunit type yeah. of situation, then I should have more guesses. I should have more guesses. I should be trying to point my finger at far too many other people other than knowing from the beginning. And and then I'm like, is this lady retarded? Like, she doesn't realize what's going on here? Like, come on. I'm sorry. You know, the only one who at the end of the day did not know what was going on was her. And she's a child, psych child psychologist. Yes. Yes. And the notion that she doesn't realize how deranged this little motherfucker was. It's just insane to me. And I don't know if that had something with the fact that she craved company so much that she overlooked certain clues. I don't know. Talk, 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 talk to me about that. <laughs> I, um, I think trying to search for much meaning in the movie is just going to cause more frustration, to be honest. I, I think that they just completely screwed this up. And I don't think that the book was some marvelous great tome to begin with, okay? I'm not saying that it was Shakespeare or, or Dickens or, or Austin or, or anything even remotely good. 
but it was entertaining and it did accomplish a sense of of atmosphere and a sense of someone who was unhinged and a sense of an unreliable narrative which was interesting i don't i would never rank it as as one of the greatest books of all time the movie could have been very good they could have pulled some elements and changed some things and made a very good thriller and they went in the opposite direction. So I, they took a sort of little better than mediocre book and turned it into a little, a much less than mediocre movie. So book-wise, mm-hmm. it seems like there's a market for these. But do you see, in your opinion, can you take this kind of book narrative and make it a superb movie? Because... It seems like somebody, it's been done before, right? Like uh, those Dan Brown uh, books, you know, the whole Da Vinci series and shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they're real crappy reads. <laughs> yeah, they are. <laughs> you, you know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and like, you know, look at the Shades of Grey. Fifty whatever. Shades of Grey, yes. You know what I mean? Yes, so, so there is a market for the books, and a market yes. certainly can be created for 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 the movies. But yes, it seems like when it comes to mystery thriller, there's 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 something more to be said about that, isn't it? Yes, and I think a really good example of where it was done right is the movie Gone Girl, because the book Gone Girl is. It's it's a good book. It's not my favorite book that I've ever read. It's 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 a good book. It's all right, and it is certainly a thriller. It is is all those other I'm things. Sorry, isn't that also from by the, the same author? Is it? No, different no? author. Okay. Different author. Yep, different author. Um, this one was Gone Girl was written by Jillian um, Flynn. So now that I've said that, I'm double guessing myself. But anyway, the movie to me was so much better than. Than the book. I enjoyed the book, like I said, but I thoroughly enjoyed the movie. I enjoyed Rosamund Pike's portrayal of the character. Ben Affleck was great as a loser asshole. Tyler Perry was great in it. Neil Patrick Harris was great in it. It was a perfect thriller, mystery, slash horror adaptation of that kind of book. It took the book and elevated it. So I do believe it's possible. I just don't know... I just in this in this case, I feel like maybe that's what they were trying for. They were trying to do that and just just missed the mark and failed. But at the same time, I also think, in, and I I blame Hollywood a bit for that, not a bit, a lot for that. Is that there is this sense that Hollywood likes to recycle ideas and sort of like blatantly like with no effort at embellishing or making it any better. It's just a question of, well, it works, so let's keep piling on to it, right? Yes. Like the same criticism, for instance, is is being received by this series on Amazon Prime called uh, Them, I think. Okay. And it is sort of like a, an imitation of what, what's his name, Jordan Peele, has started doing with African-American horror and, and this kind of thing. And it, 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 it does seem like a pylon in the sense that 
All it offers is brutality on black bodies or brutality against black bodies. Okay. That's all it shows, right? Like, yeah, we moved to a place that was super racist and shit and they're trying to kill us and blah, blah, blah. You know, and, and, and that's it. But the only reason it's been done is because a few hits by Jordan Peele have shown... You know, this could be a subgenre or a genre in itself, but you have to know what you're doing. You have to you have to try and go a bit deeper than that, as opposed to this works. I'm just going to make a bad copy of it. Yeah. In in even in terms of the characters, for instance, like the kid, the the boy, for me, all I kept seeing was really a younger. Dexter. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. this kid, he probably has already started, you know, killing cats and dogs and shit. Yeah. So, and then even even the, the cadence, the delivery of his phrasing, a bit of his voice, the entire thing looks like this kid sat in a room for 16 hours and watched Michael C. Hall play Dexter and said, eh, that's my character, right? And maybe, maybe that's me. Well, seriously, that's the first thing I could think of. And I, mean, I, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if that's not what he was directed to do. Something similar to that was, this is what we want. Um, we don't want a nuanced character. People don't, aren't going to understand that. We want baby Dexter. <laughs> so I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like this was a lazy attempt on Hollywood to, to remake to, to capitalize on the success of movies like Gone Girl. And, and another thing, so let's let's go ahead and start talking about the cast because yeah. I have questions. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, let's see. Uh, Amy Adams plays Dr. Anna Fox, and we've said that it's not an issue of Amy Adams. No. We've, we've, we've taken that out of the way. Julian Moore. Why would you take this role if you if you Julian Moore? Like Julian Moore is so much more than that. Yeah. You know. And Gary Oldman. <laughs> let me ask you a question. It seems like every time that dude was on screen, all he did was scream. <laughs> was that, what is it like? Was he channeling? Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Sam Jackson? <laughs> I, I, I really don't know. He was just really... an angry dude. Like, what yeah, the he hell was... is he so angry about? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, seriously, dude, like, I don't know. Tell me about these characters, man. What, what, <laughs> what is this? I, 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 I don't, I don't know. I don't so have to. Is that, is that a, an accurate portrayal of Alistair Russell, whatever? Uh, I think so. As much as as much as he's seen in the book, as much as it's you know, it's. I mean, I. I kind of feel like everybody that was in this movie, it was a favor called in by somebody. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You owe me one, man. Yeah, it's like no, you're gonna be, you know, I. And I mean, I could see being intrigued by the script before you read it too, but don't don't sign until you. Until you read the whole thing. I don't know. Is that what you think happened here? That, that you know, everybody was like, yo, this sounds good. You, let, me, let me say yes. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, I almost feel like that's what happens because, it, you know, you've got Amy Adams, you've got Gary Oldman, Julianne Moore, Jennifer Lace, Jason Lee, Brian Tyree Henry, Wyatt Russell. You've got a great cast here. I don't really, I don't, I don't know what happened. I, I, I really think they just signed on before they read the script or they owed somebody a favor or this was like, okay, we to fulfill a contract, we have to do a movie for this studio. I have no idea, but yeah. So, it's needless to say that this was perhaps the greatest cast in the crappiest movie of 2021. Yeah, I, th I think so. At, the, at, this, at this point in time, yeah. Because, I mean, like, they, they could have done so much more with this. They could have let me, made... Let me ask you this. Yeah. What the hell... Like, what was the point of, of Wyatt Russell's character? <laughs> like, what does he bring to the story, uh, uh, I guess? Like, is he, do, does he exist in the book? Yes. He does exist in the book. And, and is that pretty much all, all it is? Yeah. Yeah. So it's just some dude with a minor criminal past uh, and that's it kind of yeah kind of like a red herring decided to kind of throw you off the scent and try to throw you off the scent and make you think oh it's this or oh it's that that kind of thing oh, God. yeah i mean like i said it's not high literature <laughs> but like the, the, that's that's my thing is that at no point at no point did it occur to me maybe it's this dude right right that's that's right. what Which i can't I, understand I, I, in in the book, I will say in the book, you you do kind of, are kind of like maybe he did it because she is presented as such an unreliable storyteller. You, you know, you can't honestly believe everything that she's telling you because from the book, she's telling the whole story. You uh -huh. only hear from her, so there is the point of well, if she's the one that's only telling it, and I know that she's taking her pills wrong, and she's taking so much alcohol, and it, it, there does become an element of. Well, maybe maybe he isn't real, or maybe he actually did it, or you know those kinds of things. And I I don't really feel like that came through in the movie, or I feel like it could have been amplified in the movie to make this much more interesting than the book was. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, no, you're absolutely on point, Jojo. Let me ask you another question, right? Because like mm -hmm. I'm I'm for some reason it sounds to me that you should have answers to these things. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> Maybe you should have never told me that you read the book. <laughs> but like, did they really have to pay Anthony Mackie to just like record his voice on the phone and then make one appearance? <laughs> like seriously, <laughs> man, you somebody like I'm sure I'm serious. Like I love Mackie, man. Mackie's a huge star. Mm -hmm. uh, Mackie is like. Mm -hmm. You know, come on, Mackie. I know the money is good and shit, but let some young brother <laughs> make that money. Like, bring somebody off of Broadway and shit to have at least their name put on on the movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. where you go? Like, the cast was way too much for this movie. The yes. cast was way too much. Who has that kind of money that's paying all of these people? Unless, I, really, as you said, unless they were, like, returning a favor. 
That's I, I I honestly think that's all it could possibly be because I I I don't there's so much talent in this movie for it to be I feel like calling it bad is is almost giving it too much of a title. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like like it's giving it too much credit. Be like, "Oh, you made a bad movie." You know, at the end of the day, you can be like, "Oh, I made a bad movie and it was, you know, people hated it or whatever." But this is just kind of like, "You made a movie." It was a movie. Yeah. Is that is that something like the disaster artist or something? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you think there's going to have come a time in the next maybe 20 years, you'll ask, 25 years, you'll ask Amy Adams, what was your worst project that you wish you had never <laughs> approached? And she'd be like, uh, it'd be the allergy. <laughs> <laughs> or, it's a toss-up. <laughs> She'd be like, well, I had a couple bad years there, so... <laughs> I wasn't really paying attention to what I was signing, and um, yeah, I learned a lesson. <laughs> yeah. So, so do you do you think Tracy Letts is going to ever be considered, at least for this movie, as a leading a screenplay adapter? Uh, no. I mean, he plays a hell of a psychiatrist. That's for sure. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. But that's it. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't. I'm afraid not. Look, I'm... Is there something good to say about this at all? If you want to throw something on and not pay a huge amount of attention to it and still be confused by the end of it, it'll it'll be fine. <laughs> still be confused by the end of it. <laughs> uh, oh, that's funny. <laughs> if you still want to be confused by the end of it... <laughs> That pretty much uh, summarizes the whole thing. <laughs> on the other hand, Jojo, before we end in moving on to something else, <laughs> I think I think there's been I've watched a couple of good things, and I don't know if we are ready. To, we will be ready to talk about it by next week, but I hugely encourage you and our audience to watch Solos on Prime Video. Okay. Solos is an absolute work of art, and I am so proud of, uh, of Prime Video for doing this. But I, I think for actors who are not trying to show that they're good, actors who are proven to be great actors, but have nothing nothing else to prove but really want to do something extraordinary so people have no fucking doubt whatsoever that they're great. And that's what I see here in solos. I'm talking about Anthony Mackie. I'm talking about Helen Mirren, Constance Wu. And what's the name of that little girl from... Uh, she was on... on on Modern Love and and she hosted the Oscars with James Franco and she Anne Hathaway yeah yeah Anne Hathaway uh, is absolutely fantastic Morgan Freeman uh, is is of course you know 
I'm pretty sure this nigga somehow is God among us. And nobody <laughs> just has figured out. Like, I play God from time to time and shit, but nobody really knows that I'm God. <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh, I play God just to, you know, kind of like give somebody a tip. But like, I'm hoping somebody's going to actually catch on to me, but, you know, they haven't so far, so it's I'm fine. I'm cool with the cover and shit. <laughs> yeah, those performances, but let me tell you something. Uzo Aduba, and this is probably the third week in a row that I'm talking about Uzo Aduba, because the week before, a few weeks before when uh, I talked about in treatment, I sang the praises of Uzo Aduba. And uh, whenever I talk about Orange is the New Black, I sing the praises of Uzo Aduba. But you got to watch this performance. Everyone, please, watch solos. I realize that it might end up not being everybody's cup of tea, right? Because it's pretty much monologue, even when you see one or two or three people on stage, uh, on scene. But it is a monologue because the reason it's called solos is because these people are playing different versions of themselves. So that's the beauty of it. Anthony Mackie talking to Anthony Mackie and having an argument with Anthony Mackie. <laughs> and Hathaway talking to Anne Hathaway and having an argument with Anne Hathaway. It is an absolutely beautiful thing. But um, please watch solos because you will not regret it. Even if you go in it with a certain amount of doubt, stay. Watch it, please watch it, because you it's probably the best thing you will watch this year on any streaming platform. And Jojo, I'm gonna throw a bit of a of a of a ball on your court. Mm-hmm. I would like if you would do that with me. I would like after you watch this, if we could host a room on Clubhouse. Talking about solos because yeah. that's how fascinated I am by it. Yeah. And uh, I think it makes for an absolutely fantastic conversation. Each episode is about 32 minutes, and there are like five or six episodes, and they go like this, right? So you've heard it here, folks. <laughs> you've heard it here first. Solos is absolutely fantastic, as opposed to. If you want to watch The Woman in the Window, watch at your own peril. That's all we say. Yes. Right, yes. And if Yes. And if you want to watch, if you're interested in watching a movie about somebody who's housebound and spying on their neighbors and you want it to be a good thriller, watch Rear Window. Rear, rear Window. You know, you can't, people with English as a second language, can't. We, we don't be saying that too well. It's like the rule I don't think drummer. I said it very well, and English is my first language, so... That's like the rural. You remember the rural juror? <laughs> oh boy! The rural juror, uh, rear, rear, rear window. Do you know this, window, one of yeah. this? There's a street here in, in in Charlotte that I've never been able to say correctly. It's called Arrowwood, Arrowwood Road. Arrow. Okay. And Arrow I can't say I, like if I'm living, I have to pause to say Arrowwood, Arrowwood. Like, yeah. I don't know, dude. Like, I can't. 
It was a little row, row, row. If it was, then maybe, you know, if it was, maybe. But, nah, not my thing. Oh, it makes me think of Scooby Doo. Well, you have been fantastic as usual, ladies and gentlemen. We would like to just leave it you leave it uh, here. Um, we want to, as of course, invite you to follow us on social media. You'll find us on Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, YouTube, Pinterest, and of course on the Facebook. We are also on Clubhouse, and uh, we are in the face of planning how we are going to integrate and utilize Clubhouse in in the podcast and with our podcast. Part of the good news that we have to share is that as of this past week, we have a brand new spanking looking website. Kicking mm-hmm. Instrument Podcast had a facelift. It's slick. And my goodness, I love it. I love it. I love it. And you will find that things are much better organized. We have an entire archive there that you can go through. Each episode has its own page, which is one of the most beautiful things. So all of 113 episodes we've done, you can go through, listen to them. As I said, if you go to the episodes page, once you click on the episode, it will bring you directly to the episode. So if you are sharing that episode also, you will you won't you will be sharing exactly that episode. So that is a beautiful thing. Also, we want you to subscribe to our mailing list. We would like to start a monthly newsletter that Jojo is going to start doing, you know what I mean? And so if you want to join Jojo's newsletter, please Go to our website, kickinginstrumentpodcast.com, and subscribe. Also, if you have any suggestions, if you have any review of our podcast, and I know that every week we ask you to, you know, do it on your podcast page, whichever you you, know, you listen on your podcast app, preferably Apple Podcasts. But also now we have the ability to receive voice mails so if you go to our website on the lower uh, right hand side there's a little microphone if you hit on that microphone and you want to say something please say it it will come to us as a voicemail and if you tell us with your permission you would like us to just uh, play whatever you have to say on the next episode we will do that too uh, of course as long as it's it's not calling for our death and shit. <laughs> or, yeah, yeah, or any other inappropriate and interesting noises. Right. So, again, I am on Clubhouse. Jojo is on Clubhouse. You can find us. And, uh, like I said, we will be doing some nice stuff in there. Yeah. You know, hopefully, very soon, we'll create a kicking and streaming room for people to follow. And, uh, you will find me as Mr. Puzzetta. That's M-R-P-U-Z-Z-E-T-T-A. Jojo, are you back yet? Jojo? I'm not back yet. No, Jojo ain't back yet. I ain't back yet. So, 
for now we are going to say uh, goodbye ladies and gentlemen and uh, thank you for watching on YouTube and on Twitch thank you for thank listening you. today bye everybody thank you for listening to kicking and streaming podcast if you found value in our content please subscribe and share we would also be delighted to hear what you think of this podcast so please rate us by writing a quick review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on all major social media platforms such as Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. Join the conversation happening today on our Facebook group. <laughs>